Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Andy. And before we get started with today's episode, I wanted to let you know about RebateJet.com. What is RebateJet? Well, it's a piece of software that I created that will help Amazon sellers get their products noticed. You can launch with promo codes, rebates. Not only that, but you can list your product for free on the RebateJet third-party marketplace. You don't pay a single penny unless you make a sale. And when you do, it's only a $1 flat fee per product. Try it today, RebateJet.com. Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. My friend, right, it was like a side hobby to start with, but then soon this became my main thing. I was so excited by the whole, you know, prospect of e-commerce and uh, marketing in general. Um, and that's when I moved to the United States and um, went back to school and I did a course in data science. Um, was very fortunate uh, afterwards to kind of get into the, the Amazon space um, with a very large Amazon um, uh, electronics brand. Um, and I, you know, kind of really fell in love with uh, advertising, Amazon advertising. And that's been about like five, four and a half, five years. Um, and, you know, fast forward to today, I have been living in Canada for the past four years. Um, and I am the CEO of uh, PPC Ninja, and uh, PPC Ninja is a software and services company. So we manage um, uh, PPC for six, seven, and eight-figure brands. Uh, our software is also used by agencies uh, and also by sellers. Um, it's a self-service platform, and you can kind of uh, use it to get a lot of analytics about your PPC and also run uh, bid optimizations and things like that. So that's kind of my story. I've really um, been fortunate to, you know, to know uh, people in this space like uh, Amy. I've really uh, come close to her after like having attended a couple of conferences and, you know, just interacted in so many different ways. So I really feel uh, like, you know, this is this is kind of my community now, right? So Amazon space is like so tight-knit and also like so encouraging. I, I really feel that uh, there's so much uh, that people are giving back to the community. Um, and that's what kind of, you know, keeps us all together and, you know, helps us to kind of keep moving forward. Um, so in my own capacity, I've also kind of tried to do that. Um, I run a lot of mastermind programs and, um, uh, you know, I used to run them more frequently, but lately being busy, I've, I've kind of cut back on the frequency, but I'm still doing them. So at the end, I'm going to introduce a little bit about, about that. But for now, I'm just going to mention that we've done 24 of these uh, so far, and uh, each of them run for about four weeks, and we go deep into PPC. So yeah, that's kind of my background. I went all over the place, but I um, hope that was okay. No, that was awesome. So um, let's get into the brass tacks of things. I love, uh, I can see now if you, you know, being raised in Japan, how the PPC ninja, you know, the, the, the Japanese culture was probably an influence there. And I grew up in Hawaii, so there's a lot of Japanese influence and culture there as well. So I appreciate uh the japanese culture a lot i've never been to japan one of these days my mom was a flight attendant went quite frequently so uh definitely uh interested someday i think i want to make it out go see all the uh the katanas and and all the <laughs> yeah. the, the, the cool stuff that's out there yeah. um but uh i would love to know kind of you, you you know you said you kind of learned about amazon through etsy and things like that but what what was kind of what drew you to amazon and that ecosystem and uh, you know, kind of how did you, when did you first realize that like, Hey, I might actually be able to make a business out of, out of e-com and, and the Amazon platform. Right. Yeah. I think, um, you know, just having that, uh, e-commerce background with, uh, Etsy and also, you know, failing at it, um, many times because, you know, it was so, I think the biggest failure was, um, 
just the cost of shipping. Like it was just eating into my margin. Like I couldn't uh, manage uh, to compete with uh, very cheap Chinese um, equivalents of what I was producing. And that was kind of the, the time when I kind of thought, oh, this is not for me. I mean, this is not going to work. I need to do something different. And I started looking at advertising as a way to kind of make uh, you know, uh, a lot more sales so that I could have a lot more volume. And so therefore I could kind of cover my costs because all of those one, one-offs were, was not going to work, right? Those were not going to be uh, sustainable for very long. So uh, I think the stars were aligned because when I walked into this company, they had an Amazon, uh, you know, um, existence and they also had presence globally. So it was kind of just a, a perfect fit because um, uh, what I was looking for at that time was a way to kind of make things work, like things uh, like you, you make stuff and then you sell it and it actually gets sold and do all of this profitably. So I think uh, having been kind of burnt out by my own experience and then finding this opportunity where there was so much data uh, that I could kind of play with and kind of learn a lot of tricks uh, very early on. Uh, is what kind of helped me stay on and be excited because then I could, you know, replicate the success um, over and over again through multiple launches and also then started helping other clients who were kind of stuck and they were like, not sure what PPC is all about, uh, not sure whether it's worth it. I mean, there's a lot of people that give up on PPC because it's just so expensive. And I think that's also some of the things that we're going to be talking about today, like just how expensive it is and how to make it uh, worthwhile. Yeah. And I think that it can be made worthwhile um, based on how you design your PPC strategies and how you, um, you, how you, you know, what your focus is with when it comes to keywords and product targeting and other types of targeting on Amazon and exactly, you know, knowing where to spend or, you know, focus on where to spend your energies on uh, is probably what separates the um, the ordinary PPCer with someone who is more advanced. Yeah, absolutely. So, speaking on the, uh, you know, separating the, <laughs> the, the PPC beginner with somebody who's more advanced, um, how do you recommend people get started with PPC for maximum success? Yeah, that's a great question. I think at this point, you, it's just inevitable, right? Using PPC is something that you have to kind of include as part of your strategy. So I think one of the things that you want to uh, make sure you, um, you know, do when it comes to pricing your product, make sure that your pricing is right so that you can afford PPC because you're not going to be able to do without it, right? That's just a given in, in these times. Um, and also just because of how pay-to-play Amazon has become, um, you know, now we're seeing uh, the organic listing number one actually appearing somewhere around 15 or 16 position on page one, which just makes it like irrelevant almost, right? Because all the sales are happening above the fold and those spots are just taken up by ads. So more than, I guess, so the biggest shift now is more than focusing on, you know, how to get ranking on page one, which is also important by the way, uh, you know, it's now, the, the focus is now on how to even show up. Like how do you compete even with ads? Uh, how do you show up on page one? but then also showing up 
not just at very high CPCs, but very profitably. Like, how do you do that? How do you make that switch? So I think the thing I would like to say to people who are maybe just starting out is not to follow the crowd in terms of going aggressively after keywords that are, you know, um, that have high search volume or are expensive. Um, and and I, I guess everybody knows about the long tail and the short tail and all that good stuff. Uh, but, you know, even more so these days, you've got to have other strategies, not just going after every kind of large keyword in the space, but, you know, finding uh, low hanging fruit, um, having a diversified strategy so that you can compete because you've, you've got to compete. Otherwise, uh, you're going to get burnt out and it's going to be unsustainable one year in and you'll be like, oh, I can't do this. You know, so knowing those strategies from the get go uh, might be your best chance uh, at success with Amazon. Yeah, and that's something that I love about when you, when you present PPC at the different events, you're not just talking about general techniques. You actually get into really cool strategies. One of my favorite strategies that you taught me was to, on the auto campaigns, to actually split it out by um, targeting groups. So just putting substitutes in one campaign, just putting compliments in one. I mean, I've seen that do so, so well um, and even much better than product targeting campaigns. So I, I love your how you kind of mix what's available into different strategies for people. So um, they should definitely check out when you one of your masterminds because a lot of your masterminds are free, you know, and you're just you're just there to help people understand this stuff and implement some of these strategies. So it's really great. But um, on, along that line, so you mentioned, you know, getting started, not necessarily just following the mainstream, but actually understanding it and having a strategy behind picking those certain keywords and going after that. But what about optimization? I think it's one thing to set up your PPC and use cool strategies. But another thing that people struggle with is, is optimization. So what optimization systems do you think people should have in place? Right. Um, so I think with optimization, there is <clears throat> yeah a few different things that you can do to kind of make sure that you're not bleeding, right? Um, and there's you know different approaches and people do things in different ways, but it's I think optimization starts from your campaign design stage itself. Like you're not optimizing after the fact, but you're designing for success. I think that's one of the 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 shifts that I want to kind of encourage people to to make. Um, you know, you want to design your campaigns and your PPC strategies so that you you have the best chance of success and have a have an easier time optimizing. Um, rather than, you know, just launching uh, expensive campaigns and then trying very hard to kind of balance uh, the, the rising cost per clicks and then also trying to balance uh, your relevancy and, and your profitability and so on. So um, I think uh, the best way to go about this would have to, would be to have like a diversified uh, ad strategy from the get-go. And what I mean by that is, you know, when you have all the different ad types um, you know, targeted from the beginning, you have a better chance at finding out which of those is actually going to work for you. You know, it's like you can't see which ones are going to work unless you try it, right? And and if you try it, you you're you're better off, you know, doing all of the the ad types and then finding out the ones that are actually working and double down on those, 
and letting go of the ones or easing off on the ones that are not affordable, right? So, uh, however, most people will start with, this is the typical pattern, right? Most people will start with um, auto campaigns and manual keyword uh, campaigns, both of which are becoming the most expensive ad types. Um, you know, keywords are becoming more and more and more expensive. And people look at product targeting or category targeting as an afterthought. Like they think, once let me get the keywords going, then I'll add product uh, targeting or category targeting. Um, I would encourage people to think slightly differently. You want to start with product targeting and category targeting from the get-go. Um, and the reason is because these are much more affordable, but people don't realize that they're much more affordable. And they're also, um, you know, the green fields at this point, because not everybody is using product targeting and category targeting the way we could, we could be, right? So um, I, I guess I just wanted to share an example. Um, you know, this morning, as I was preparing for this, I was looking at brand analytics uh, for one of the keywords that is extremely, I guess, popular, but um, so everybody sells, everybody and everybody's uh, dog sells Bluetooth headphones on Amazon. For some reason, it's the most, one of the most crowded, uh, you know, spaces. And you've got like so many sellers selling Bluetooth headphones ranging from $5 Bluetooth headsets to $500 or whatever. So there's a huge range there, but everybody wants to target that keyword, right? That Bluetooth headphones. They want to be right on page one for a $5 product. That's, it's just not, it, it doesn't align. The, the, the whole idea of uh, targeting keywords to shop on page one for a certain keyword, um, you know, doesn't align with the margins you have on, on such a, maybe a cheap product. So I look at brand analytics, right? And I see um, for this keyword, what are the top three competitors, right? So the, the, the top three uh, winning competitors. One was some no-name brand from China. Um, I think it was called JBL Tune or something. It's less than a year old, right? It's It was launched in Feb of this year. They are ranking number one for Bluetooth headphones. Now, I don't know how they do it. Of course, there's stories behind that we, we don't necessarily need to get into. But number two is um, Beats, right? Beats Solo 3, that's number two. And they have a legitimate reason for being number two because they're popular offline. But in this space, these two guys are at the top. Now, um, I, you know, if I were to go, let's say I'm selling Bluetooth headphones and if I were to start targeting quote unquote Bluetooth headphones, I'm gonna be, you know, wiped out. Like I won't have any budget to, to do anything, right? But if I target these guys, you know, these top three or four or whatever number of uh, products that are already kind of attracting a lot of traffic for that product. And if I catch those people lower down the funnel, uh, which means I've already cleared intent, I know that these people are interested in Bluetooth headphones, um, I'm gonna win those clicks much cheaper. Now by bottom of funnel, I do not mean like a page that is, you know, uh, far further down on the search results page. I don't mean that. Um, and it's not even just, uh, you know, the product detail page. I am talking about uh, intent, uh, buyer intent, or where they are in their shopper journey. So um, the point I'm trying to make is that if you target these top competitors, you can actually show up on page one without targeting Bluetooth headphones. You can just target these guys and just piggyback off of their traffic and show up on page one much, much cheaper. 
And now how, how do I know that this is you know, going to be much, much cheaper? Well, if you try this experiment, I did it myself this morning. I opened up, I so I started creating a new ad and I put the keyword Bluetooth headphones for a keyword targeting ad to see what the range was that Amazon was giving me, the Amazon recommended bid range. That is calculated uh, based on the past 14 days uh, of data from our peer group, right? Whoever else is selling, that's the range they've been winning auctions at, right? So that range was showing up for me as going between uh, $3 and $6. That's the range per click, per click. If you're selling a $5 product, one click and you're gone, right? Nothing left. <laughs> Right. You better pay 20 cents for those headphones. Right, right. And with 20 cents, you're not going to get impressions, right? That's the other pro problem with uh, with these uh, the, the, the keyword-based bidding. Now I look at product targeting for the two uh, products that I just mentioned, the JBL Tune and then the Beat Solo. And I'm looking at the how much uh, would it cost to target them. And Amazon is giving me back 23 cents to a dollar 43 that's the range and the, the suggested range in between they're saying is 46 cents not bad right not bad compare this to six dollars i can win this product target uh for just 46 cents if i if i set it up right so that's the, the kind of difference i'm talking about like if you're smart about what you're going after you can do the same thing that people who are spending a lot of money to be on page one through keyword targets are doing. So that's kind of one of the things that I wanted to kind of touch upon today. I love that. That's a really good tip for people. So just to summarize, the point is that you're trying to make is for optimization, you really want to look at your strategies from the beginning and you want to try the different campaign types. So not necessarily match types, but the different types of campaigns, you know, match types are how you set those up um, within those campaigns because you don't know what you might be missing, right? Yes. It's opportunities that you might be missing out on. And it's, it's really interesting when you cast kind of a wider net of ad types, because then that also casts a wider net of placement, you know, mm -hmm. and then you can kind of decide what's, what's working for you. And, uh, you know, I'm just thinking of, of one of my clients right now, we, we casted a really wide net and we started with different ad types. Um, and, um, and she, her main keywords, the things that she was going after in her exact match campaigns and stuff like that, um, she wasn't converting well for those, but she was able to get in on a gifting keyword that the auto campaign picked up and it just flew, like it just took off. And she was on page one organically for a major gifting keyword. And now she's just trying for dear life to hang on to that keyword, especially during this season, right? But she would have never known that yeah. or even been given the chance if she just did an exact match campaign for what she thought were her most relevant keywords by reverse searching her competitors or whatever, right? She would have never even had this opportunity um, to get on page one for a major short tail gifting keyword. And this, and it's funny because we, we set up after that auto campaign took off, we set up another campaign to see if we could isolate that keyword, right. And just like really get a lot more traction on that keyword. That other campaign never took off. Like the auto is just 
going crazy. So now we're just negative matching all the other stuff in that auto campaign, you know? So it's just like, without the techniques that you just talked about, people could be missing out on keywords that they didn't even realize would be their top selling keywords. Right. I totally agree. It's all about finding gems in, in the data, right? Because you know, if you just talk about optimization, there's only very little you can do with, you know, certain formulas. You can easily, everybody knows the formula, right? And it's easy to kind of uh, work on the formula and see, okay, if the ACOS is above target, then reduce by so much. If it's below target, increase by so much, right? So that part of it has limited, um, I guess, limited uh, impact uh, by the other strategies of, you know, embedding your success uh, in, in early earlier stages of design of product or, or sorry, your campaign design uh, are what will give you the opportunity to kind of, you know, have a lot more uh, going for your PPC, not just, you know, uh, managing to a certain ACOS. To follow yeah. up quickly on your <clears throat> example, Amy, um, I've seen that a ton in my own campaign and in other campaigns where if you try to take an auto campaign, what's converting, whether it's keywords, whether it's product targets and you break them out and do manual targeting, for some reason, it it won't work. Um, and I think the main reason for that is the auto camp campaigns that Amazon is now supplying are so good because they're using machine learning to figure out the intent of the purchase rather than just like, you know, it's one thing to have a target, right? It's one thing to say like, oh, there's somebody shopping for, you know, a, a big pen, but then there's another intent that might be like, hey, this person is shopping for office supplies and big pen is one of the things on their list. So Amazon is getting really, really good at, at automatically finding out, you know, what the shopper is actually looking for and presenting that to them without your interaction. And that's why you're getting these, you know, really uh, great uh, performances on auto campaigns. The opposite can be true as well, though. You know, you can break out some manual or even start out with some manual campaigns and it'll do awesome. And then the auto campaigns won't work. The other thing to do if that ever happens is kill the auto campaign and start a new one. Honestly, people don't realize, but that can work because it's kind of resetting what Amazon thinks they know about your product. And if you just launched it, they will now take probably, I don't know, I don't work for Amazon. My guess is they're now going to take signals from some of your other campaigns that you may have had, whether it's auto or manual, and kind of mash them together on that new auto campaign. So that's something you can do to to kind of kickstart uh, those kinds of, of um, you know, if you're having a, a bad experience or, or bad conversion on one type or the other. Yeah, love so it. One of the follow-up questions we have is obviously we've covered a, a lot of this already, but what about launch? Is there a specific launch strategy that you use for PPC? Yeah, so um, so you know when we launch uh, our campaigns are kind of again covering and touching every ad type. Like we don't launch with just auto and manual. We actually run about forty or fifty um, campaigns per ASIN. Um, and that's basically for this reason, right? We're making sure that we're getting all the placements, right? Um, and we're able to find gems uh, wherever we can get them, right? Um, so one of the things that has, you know, I've noticed that works the best at at launch for, you know, some of the some of the brands that we work with, are category targeting ads. Now these are broad-based ads, so they're almost like the equivalent of a broad match, but on the product side of things. Um, these kind of help us discover new 
product targets, right? And those can be perfect for then launching new manual campaigns going specifically after. Uh, but then we also noticed that, you know, we create like this, um, uh, you know, um, kind of momentum by setting up all different ad types going after a certain category or going after a certain product. So you, you have the uh, manual uh, targets, right? You can go after um, sponsored brands, uh, product targeting. You can do video ads with product targeting and you can do display ads. So all four ad types can use sponsored, uh, sorry, can use category and product targeting. So I think that's a great way of quickly establishing relevancy between your product and others because you're paying for it, right? You're you're making Amazon learn that, hey, when someone saw this ad and they were on this page and then they bought it, it shows, it's a signal to them that, you know, these two products are related or there's an interest, the, the invisible paths that are kind of laid out between all these different campaigns, uh, all, all these different products on Amazon. Um, they are not visible to us, but we're establishing them and strengthening those paths by paying for those, uh, you know, category targets and so on. So yeah, one of the things that we always do is we launch um, all, all ad types, but we make sure that we're running category targets for sure. And then the other ad type that works uh, very well in the beginning, um, you know, to Andy's point, I think auto campaigns are amazing. And, you know, if you set, set them up the way Amy was talking about in the beginning, by splitting them out into like four different uh, targeting groups, each campaign has just one targeting group. And what that does is that it gives you very clean data. Um, and it also gives you the ability to manage those bids and budgets without kind of having them all kind of mi mixed up into a single campaign, because uh, that doesn't give you much control over your ACoS. And your ACoS for auto campaigns could go really high if it's all mixed up, right? So split them out and that, that'll have, help you uh, have a clean start. Now, the other um, kind of strategies at launch that I know Amy's also very you know, good at external traffic and she talks about it a lot, um, is basically to make sure that there's a diversified you know, uh, stream of external traffic hitting your, uh, your ASIN from all kinds of places, including like PR or any kind of publication or um, you know, Google ads, Facebook ads, things like that, even your social media and emails and so on. So all of those kind of signals are important. Uh, to kind of have a successful launch. Um, don't be surprised if your ACoS is extremely high in the beginning. It will kind of start to uh, even out maybe two months in, uh, a month and a half to two months in, and then you can start focusing on the ACoS, but just be prepared for uh, slightly higher uh, than desirable uh, ACoS um, in, in the beginning. Got it. Yeah, completely agree. Diversified traffic is good. The only thing that I'm careful about with auto campaigns is when I first launch a listing before it's completely indexed, sometimes I will run like for a few days, I'll run exact like an exact match campaign for like my top five keywords before I start an auto campaign because I want to tell Amazon what my product is and I want to kind of direct the traffic during those first few days while my listing is getting indexed because what I've seen happen when people start an auto campaign before they're completely indexed is it just Amazon will show it you know their product all over the place because it's not indexed enough yet and then sometimes that can throw off their auto campaign so um, that that would be the only thing that I would say about auto campaigns to be careful about in the beginning 
but yeah, then right after that, once I know that I'm indexing for like those main keywords and everything is looking good, then whip, you know, whip out that auto campaign, get it going and, um, and definitely use your, your, um, technique to split up the targeting types inside of the auto campaigns. Love that. So what about organic ranking, right? We talked about external traffic, which is so important. We talked about PPC. What are you using to rank your clients organically for certain keywords? Thanks for tuning in to part one of this episode. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at sellerroundtable.com. Sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, SellerSEO.com and AmazingAtHome.com.